I just, you're not stumbling over any of them. It's fucking, it's nice. It's nice to just have one take and done. Oh, nice. I'm a professional. Yeah. Damn it. This one's um, untitled. It's sort of new. He had the sociopath stare, all animal, physical urges, and emotionally vampiric. I push back with my stare. My stare is an inner eye, a biblical descriptive angelic pinwheel, rainbows, wings, and eyes spinning upon the wind of the breath of God. I stare till he is desiccated, dissipated, annihilation. I stare till he is no longer there. Like a houseplant, looking out the window at a tree, the massive trunk and branches, the dense hardwood, the confined vine longs to climb where it should. Here is a haiku about the uh, swing dancing at the Merck. Rock step, triple step, a kinetic Merck magic, dance hall enchantment. This one's called triptych. Names can be problematic when content is exterior. The conquistador's armor is now a suit. It's all about style. Retro is all the rage. In our brand new century, slavery and genocide still shame us. And the earth threads our bones ever faster. Tiny beads in the necklace of extinction. So sleek and elegant, a token of our affection. Two, chemical reactions, fusions, and bubbling heat loosens tongues as the purest of emotions are distilled, a prologue to the permanence of altered states, the muttering and shouted confession of a madman, the light of his eyes dim, coming from so far away. Three, exhale, the clouds of our intoxication, the architecture of heaven, and in that place we create our own sky, Beyond the blues, the palette of a free mind, never hiding the beyond, we can see the stars during the day. This one's called Atlantis. We last spoke long ago in Atlantis as it was sinking, our words encapsulated in bubbles ever so slowly rising through deep subconscious, revisited in dreams where I'm lost in the familiar, ornate parking structures glorious as cathedrals, submerged cars, wheels home to fish, a museum that was a pet store, all the art composed of aquariums and fish and beautiful strangers strolling by, having our conversation. In the background, I hear the oceans rage, angry at having to share their dead, and the bubbles surface, freeing our words, the dream becomes more than surreal. This one's called Winter White. The snow's a shattered reflection of the moon, a blizzard of broken glass. Mirror shards drift deep. In reflections of hypothermic light, they are so cool. In their chilled transparency, writing poetry in ice, art for the glacial expanse, a landscape to fill their sheets of winter white, words that melt at a glance, too cold for any scene written by secret poets at the edge of the world, not intended for an audience, but to fill the emptiness. Lyrics of solitude best understood in tundra and permafrost. 
This one is called Poetic Vision. First impressions, I'm not always drunk. I'd rather be stoned. Different intoxicants are called for, not right for every position. Sometimes I need a social lubrication, a way to ease our discourse, making it good and sloppy and wet, but too wet and I'd lose control. Premature expressions are worse like a bad bottoming where nothing stays in, an embarrassing, shitty mess. But I am really myself. I prefer to gaze upon higher lights, stimulating my mind to new levels, huge throbbing thoughts that won't fit into words because they're all too dry and tight. So excuse me if I'm too fucked up. I'm just trying to communicate. I'm just trying to get my poetry off. This one is called Between. Disorientation. Everything looks so beautiful. Gilded by pink and gold sunrise, garbage glows with life as an origami skull, a paper mache death mask, Greet you from the gutter, whispering, welcome back to the aftermath of altered states. Your worlds have collided, and in the rubble, you're not sure who you are anymore. Like a has-been with amnesia, looking freakish in the daylight, a mutant drone amongst the worker bees, Monday morning bus stop blues, poetry and jazz fade away, drudgery and stolen time await. However, the space between is best for creation. With endless scenarios, you can find interesting ways to survive. Allow your thoughts to scatter. Fear not their distance. Let the language of jazz trumpetry wail through your mind, blowing along stream of consciousness words. Merging in a serpentine union, two coils become one. The tether between yourself, the remembrance of who you are. This one is called Loneliness. Listen to the evening breeze as darkness cleanses the city. Is that a pain cry or a pleasure moan? A nocturnal sparkle in flames, jewels hidden from the light of day. Emptiness illuminated, solitude on display. Multitude of loneliness, an earthbound constellation flickering in the gloom of the universe. Beyond the reach of the sun, under the endless night sky, the distance between the stars is the measure of our separation. This one's called Who Cares? With infinite sides to every story, truth is multifaceted, like gazing into a diamond-made mirror, a jewel with endless reflections that place you in the center of the known universe. And my side of the story is orbiting in the periphery, cold, distant, dim, like a solitary satellite in the crowded night sky. And who cares if I have nowhere to cry, nowhere to grieve in private, because they know that the ever-aching heart just keeps on beating, even when you pray for it to stop. An indifferent automaton keeping rhythm to the sadness of the world. Relationships become fictional as I see what is not there, as I am resolved and revolved out of everyone's life. They are all now dead and or imaginary to me now. Solitary without confinement, I am free to go day tripping at night, burying my soul where no one can see it. In the privacy of darkness, I try to start up conversations in dead languages and indifference is all that translates. I seek my reflection, and there is nothing to see. This one is called Churchianity. I was seeking enlightenment, something of the astral on earth, some sort of momentum, step by step beneath translucent heaven, through transparent hell. Beautiful horizons await one paradise to the next. Is any really better? Beliefs are like seasons. 
As one truth devours another, all prophets are made false in the mystic autumn atmosphere when worlds come together and dimensions cohabit. I am reminded of how you dismissed my world, demonizing those in it. That was the moment I lost you to churchianity. Cloistered, blind beyond your own shadow, a constricting heart space as shallow as the ranting of preachers and dilettantes. I need it deeper, as deep as this world, and the next, and the next, and the next. This is called Defense of Mercury. Churches can be profanely exclusive while the divine is found in derelict houses of art, memories and echoes living in brick and stone, screaming at the dormant brain, flooding my mind opaque, sinking to great depths I have visions, dark oceanic vistas where the free-floating vibrations of our thoughts have form and voice seeping into our world, enveloping us in a mist, a lingering mental atmosphere clouding our subconscious as tears fall from the third eye raining upon gardens of the past. Ancient emotions bloom. This one is called Blue Lights. By Neptune's light, the harshness was blunted, hidden beauty discovered, mystic visions in the mundane. Vivid imagery in the minutia of detail as the canvas glows with a new iridescence. The whole picture comes into focus, opening portals of awareness, enabling me to traverse freely the places I once feared, and all they see is a bus. But we ride the mothership, basking in the blue light, enameled in an otherworldly patina, traveling together yet alone, solitary in our thoughts. Blue lights buzzing, gears grinding to the hum of the universe, persona expanding to the point of connection. Destination Mercury, where I can hear a tango throbbing backbeat to poetry reverberating against the oh-so-thin walls between art and reality. Neptune, my Friday night beacon. This one is called Blood Tie. This is our blood tie, heartbeat, rhythm, words, automatic and constant, much more than a choice, writing in the subsonic variants like a transmission from the dead, cryptically speaking in dreams or a volcano under the ocean, eruptions secretly consuming the world, so far beneath detection, beyond the scope of mirror vision, cause the East Coast forgot, the West Coast forgot, even Naropa forgot where poetry comes from. Midnight rooms with atmospheres dense with descriptions of a world too big for them to see. Oh, here's a little cheerful holiday one. Does not have a title. Waiting for the last bus home. Another drunken, desolate Denver night, alone and cold. Happy fucking holidays. Existence as a barfly, alcohol-tinged perception, deepens the ever-present depression. Like deep-sea compression, not all transformations are good. But for one fleeting moment, it's possible to believe in an illusion to continue the quest for love, or at least some non-solitary sex. This one's a true story, poetically told. I was electric, amplified, extra alive, and it was a night the world was unplugged, two-dimensional, black and white. And yet another ambiguous freak boy wants to dance in the sacred groove of my personal space, but I am beyond these sensations this night. As I witness gunshots, I release thoughts of night birds and bats flickering across starless city skies 
In this shadow world, darkness, a shield and a guide. And I am a gothic god, immortal, erotic, and self-satisfied, untouchable except for what I want to be touched by. And I want the otherworldly ecstasy found in secret houses of pleasure. Let the transcendence begin. Stan Ostrovsky, welcome to The Poets. Thank you for being on the show. No, thanks for having me. It's a cool project you're doing. Hell yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. You are a legend yourself in the Denver poetry scene, and you have seen many legends come and go throughout the years. Oh, yeah. So I wanted to ask you, how would you characterize poetry in Denver, in this city? Um, Denver has such a... <clears throat> Uh, rich poetry history like I was lucky enough you know I'm actually pretty old so I was lucky enough uh, to go when I started going to the Merck open mic back in the 90s that's when Edward was hosting it and uh, this was before there were slams and so it was uh, it was a pretty wild scene back then and the, it was very intimidating to read at the Merck and uh, it took me actually several times to get up enough nerve to read there. So anyway, it was just, it was an incredible experience. And um, I was lucky enough to like see people like Don Becker perform and um, Tony Sabella, I was lucky enough. He kind of mentored me a little bit and got me, well actually quite a bit and got me into making collages. And Tony Sabella, a lot of people have heard he was, um, he was one of the kind of last of the beat poets and he used to come back and forth between the Venice beach scene and here in Denver, and he actually uh, got me into the Temple of Man, which is uh, just a really cool thing. And um, shortly before Tony moved back to uh, California for the last time, I took a summer off and hung out with him at the Wilson White Studio, which is no longer in existence. But uh, we made collages and smoked a lot of weed and uh, <laughs> listened to jazz music, and he helped me put my uh, one book together. And it was just an amazing experience. And uh, and believe it or not, I actually used to do slams even like way back when they started doing slams, which I think was in 2001. I could be wrong. And at, they, at the Mercury? Um, or well, just started in general? Well, when they first started doing them in Denver, I'm pretty sure it was about 2001. And there may have been more than one place they were doing them, but I participated in them at the Mercury. And they used to do them at the uh, 16th Street Tavern, mm. which is no longer in existence. And that was pretty fun doing them there because it was like a punk rock bar and they were totally not into it the people there and like it was just a trip but that was way back though when i think before slams were people were taking them so seriously and mm. they were kind of i think fun back then mm. and then less I, of the competition or yeah and yeah. that that's my only thing i i don't really like the competition aspect of them but i think they're really fun for the audience though yeah it's kind of a different um vibe than you know the friday night thing so it is. It definitely is. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know. You said that the scene back in the day was wild. Would, how would you compare it to today in terms of its level? Like, why, 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 would, why is wild the word well, you would use to describe it? Well, I think, like, if you look at now, like, sometimes, like, say, Friday nights, sometimes, like, just I'm just going by the Merc, but, like, mm -hmm. so sometimes Friday nights are almost hyper chill, mm. and then Sundays are, like, just hyper amped up, you know? And it was just, like, it was all just there on Fridays, and there were some people with like huge, huge egos, mm. 
you know, and there were a lot of people drinking, a lot of people doing drugs. And uh, there were some just like real characters in the Denver poetry scene back there, like uh, back then, like Frank Winters. You probably don't hear too many people talk about him anymore. But there was just, you know how poets can be super, um, I don't know what what's the right word. Uh, um <sighs> Asshole? No, no, no. I mean, just super eccentric and big personalities. No, we can be assholes too, definitely. (laughs) And there's Denver also, there's just always like little poet wars going on, different (laughs) factions who didn't like each other. And like, for example, when the slam started, there was a lot of the old time people who just were totally against them. Mm. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, and the Mercury Cafe back then too, it was just a pretty wild place because that was when it was transitioning from kind of a punk rock venue to what it's become. So it was just, it was just a, it was a pretty wild scene. Like yeah. a lot of drugs, a lot of drinking. <sighs> Let's revive it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> right. Um, so we, we talked about poetry scene and how Denver has a poetry scene. You mentioned Venice has a poetry scene. Why do you think some cities develop a poetry scene because i don't think it happens everywhere right well i think part of the the thing with denver it just had a mystique you know because of um ginsburg and all that and then jack kerouac and on the road and stuff so it became almost like a and a lot of people like from other parts of the country they just got something in their mind about denver and also denver like you know it's kind of it's a big city in the middle of nowhere Mm -hmm. you know so a, a lot of people would come here some people would migrate to Denver, I think, because they were kind of not ready to go to a bigger city mm. or and, or also. But like once you get here, there's not it's not like the East Coast or the West Coast. Where you're just a couple hours away from another like big metropolitan area. Right, yeah. So, yeah, that took some getting used to when I moved to Colorado. I'm like, oh, yeah, no matter what city I visit, it's not going to be bigger than Denver. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Are you from Denver? Yeah, I am actually from Denver. Yes. So you've seen the shape-shifting. Oh, that's, yeah. That's how the city's been described to me by other Denver natives, you would say, is that it shape-shifts. It changes all the time. Would you agree with that? Oh, definitely. Yes, yes. What kind of what kind of changes have you seen beyond poetry um, recently or in general? Well, I think, like, recently, I just it's kind of sad how unaffordable Denver's becoming. Like, that's kind of tragic that yeah. it's just so expensive to live here now. But, um um, well, like I, one of the interesting things about Denver, it's always had like a really vibrant underground scene or scenes, but a lot of times they don't know about each other. Like <laughs> there'll be one little underground poetry group that doesn't know about any others. Mm-hmm. And there's been, used to be a lot of like um, underground music venues that like people who go to one didn't know about any others. There's just, it's always been kind of a disjointed, but kind of very magical place here. There's just a lot of art here. And a lot of times people have no idea, like some of the stuff that goes on in the city, like in some of, at some of the art galleries and, uh, and um, just like underground venues, which you don't have too many of anymore, but there yeah. used to be like a lot of really underground venues or like, um, I don't know what they would call them, like punk houses or communal houses. Mm. And they always had like really interesting names like linoleum and the outpost and stuff. And like there would just be like kids, you know, living there, making art, doing their thing and not really worried about what anybody else was doing. But it was just like really cool stuff going on all over the city. Hell yeah. I, I guess if that exists today, maybe it's so underground that we don't even know about it. No, and that's, that's cool. Like, cause you know, I'm probably too old for some of the underground <laughs> stuff now. And it's probably a good thing if I don't know about it. Cause that means they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. You know, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I'm just going to ask you straight out. 
Is the Mercury Cafe haunted? Yes. Have you had any experiences? Um, I felt some stuff there, but I've had some really interesting conversations with Marilyn, and she definitely told me it was haunted. And she's mm. even like talked about some of the uh, spirits she's seen there. Seen? But, oh, wow. Yeah. But like sometimes, especially if you're in there, because I also kind of work there too. Like if you're in there when there's like nobody there, sometimes you, it's, you can feel stuff there. <laughs> oh, definitely. Ooh, ooh, that would be creepy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, it's definitely haunted, or there's definitely some energy about that mm. place. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, the the number of nights where people, where there's a room full of people cheering together or, you know, right. getting sloppy drunk and putting hands on people, you know, who knows, all those events, all that energy, it makes sense Yes, that it's just kind of trapped in there. Right. I think the Mercury, too, is one of those places that, uh, like, it can give you energy, then it takes energy from you, too. So, like, sometimes, so, like, everybody who's ever, like, done any art there or read poetry or danced there or anything they kind of leave some of their energy there and also yeah. they get energy from the merc but then you are kind of like a part of the merc whether you want to be or not you know <laughs> and like so it's i mean it's a good thing but it's it's definitely um it's very quite a metaphysical place i believe yeah, yeah that's for sure i wanted to ask about your collection you read some from it moon of mercury that's yes. what it's called right can we talk about the the process for putting that together and doing all the artwork and stuff for it as well? Um, sure. So, um, like I said, I was lucky enough to hang out with Tony Sabella, and he really encouraged me to put a book out. He said everybody should do a book, and we did it totally old school. Like, I, it's self-published, and I didn't do any of it on a computer. We just, like, even laid out the boards like they used to be. Oh, cool. And we did it at that Wilson White studio, and then he also had me make collages for it. And so it was kind of a magical process picking the poems. And although like that book's so old now, I'm kind of like some of the poems in it that I thought were so good, I kind of cringe at now, you know, but that- I know that feeling. Everybody goes through that. It was yeah. just like a place and time, but sometimes yeah. like I don't ever want to read some of the yeah. poems that oh, are in yeah. there. But it was a really cool process and, you know, took it to the printer um, and just, you know, doing the book and, and Tony wrote the forward for me. It was just, it was a really cool thing. And just hanging out with him, like, at that place. And Wilson White's studio was where a painter, Steve Wilson, and his wife, um, Michelle White, lived together. And they had a studio in their backyard that was an old barn. And it was, like, out south, um, right off of Broadway. And it was just such a cool, cool environment That's to awesome. hang out and, you know, make collages. And, you know, and Tony would talk about the whole, all his history from, you know, the Venice beat scene and all of that. So it was, it was a pretty magical thing to do that's really cool and so if people hear this and want to get their hands on it are they able to um yeah i still have copies of it um if they can find me at the merc or whatever like it's not like obviously i don't have a website or anything sure. it's like and a lot of times i just give them away you know yeah. as an encouragement to poets but yeah definitely they show up at the merc i can definitely get them a copy hell yeah you think about putting a, a second one together yeah actually i, w I want to I, w I want to call it the denver sad Ooh. And uh, I, I've got a lot of poems picked out for it, but I want to make some collages. And uh, so I'm hoping to have that done within maybe a year, possibly. Cool. Stay so. tuned, everybody. Um, can we talk about the RPO Gallery and Framing open mic? Yeah, that was such a cool thing, um, how that came about. Uh, uh, one of the new owners of the Merck's wife was getting something framed there, and she was talking to the the owner Rob and he was talking about how he'd like to start a poetry night there and so she recommended he contact me 
And so I went down there and I just loved the space and, um, it's just a really cool vibe there. So we, yeah. it's like a monthly thing and it's kind of turning into a salon, you know, where we, you know, we, so far we almost always have somebody doing live painting yeah. and drawing there. And eventually I want to get a musician hopefully to play in the background, but usually like, you know, we talk about the, po we talk about poetry, we've done some group poems and, uh, um, one of the things I'd like to do in the future is like maybe have us do a group collage mm. and stuff like that. So I, I really like the space. I think it's a really cool, cool little spot down there. Yeah, so. I agree. I, it's I, all the, the ones that are every so often, every month, I'm like, I, I yeah, gotta remember, to remember when they are, <laughs> but there's, there's every third Wednesday. I can remember that. So if you're in Denver, every third Wednesday of the month, it's on South Pearl street, right? Yes. RPO framing. Yes. <clears throat> I think is what it's called. So come to that at seven. Yeah, it goes from like seven to nine. We kind of do like a vegetarian potluck from like seven to seven thirty, so people can like you know hang out and chill Hell and yeah. stuff. But cool. Yeah, that's I think another cool thing that's happening in Denver now is there's so many poetry so many. stuff going on, which is just really cool because it seems like you can almost every night of the week find a poetry reading somewhere, and that's like kind of like New York City. I mean, that's mm. like amazing to have that much poetry events going on here in the city it's it's really exciting to yeah. see that it makes it makes you feel like it's gonna blow up somehow soon right in a good way i mean yes right? yes <laughs> yes in a really good way well stan thank you so much for being on the show thank and you for Mitch. sitting down to talk with me um do you want to direct people's attention to anywhere any of your stuff online anything like that or um i really don't have much of an online presence so you can usually find me at the mercury cafe or come to the rpo thing every third Wednesday it's on South Pearl Street and uh yeah and just uh if you're into poetry just keep writing yeah. just keep writing Cheers definitely to that well cool thank you Stan thank you Mitch bye everyone Oh.